Welcome back, Art World. I have a special guest in the stew with me today. It's Miss Art World. Well, hello, everyone. <laughs> First time on the pod. <laughs> how, how Excited do you like to so be far? here. <laughs> People are probably like, this isn't a funny joke. No, it's, <laughs> we only find it funny. It's true. I feel like, uh, so we're on episode 26, right? Holy cow. I know. I almost feel like if someone is just joining us, mm-hmm. we should tell them that you and I are co-hosts <laughs> and that uh, the whole idea of the podcast is that you're a newbie, which newbie to the art world, but after 26 episodes, I'm not sure that's true anymore. Sh- I don't know what I am anymore. And I'm uh, Miss Art World, a professional artist. artist. Yes. A professional fine artist. And we're trying to make our podcast uh, user-friendly, listener-friendly to all. To all. Mm-hmm. So like, hey, you, your <laughs> wife doesn't really understand the art you're doing. <laughs> Send her our way. Yeah. We'll, we'll explain it so you don't have to. Your boyfriend, exactly. that guy you just went on a date with who's like, art, what that? You can be like, yo, go culture yourself. Listen to this podcast. Or if you're the husband or the boyfriend because <laughs> all artists are male <laughs> no I, um, I switched it did you yeah well i'll play it back for you okay later. wonderful um you can listen to our podcast too because we're fun and we're entertaining yeah also educational but that's last on our but it's, list it is mostly geared towards the professional artist mm-hmm. to um get a taste of what they may miss about art school crit groups or you know, it's a Monday afternoon, and you're missing that talk you had at the gallery this weekend. Yeah. You can e- find it here. Easy listening, too. Like, you don't have Easy. to put on too much brain power. You can be doing pretty much anything while you listen to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. Cleaning, <laughs> driving. Those are when I listen to podcasts. Wow. Cleaning or driving. All right. Or well, painting. Yeah, yeah, in your studio. In the studio. Turn us up. Love it. All right, so... We're going to dive into a topic. And um, I came back from a meeting and I was like, hey, Catherine, explain to me fine art and the difference between when art becomes fine art and and what that line in the sand is between just, you know, average, normal art and fine art. And where does that line get drawn with crafts and artisans? So um, she wouldn't answer me, and I'm still waiting for an answer, so off I to said, you. I said, save it for the pod. So my question to you before we get what? into it. Yeah, yeah, I'm firing back <laughs> from across the room. Um, what made you want to ask this question? Because I feel like something must have stirred while you were in this meeting to have this question pop into your head. Sure. There was uh, four different art groups in a artisan shop there and they were talking about the different artisans and that was the term they kept using um that go there to display work and whatnot and then someone was like and there's fine art as well I was like mm, i don't know that many fine artists who are mixing with fine crafts so much um which is what i've chalked up to artisans typically is craft is more crafters. fine crafters mm-hmm. so like your necklaces and whatnot um and maybe i'm very wrong on that so apologies if i offended anyone but that's just my outside assumption 
Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of, you know, on hashtag fine art last night. And I saw some art that I don't know if many people would consider fine art. Was it just bad visual art or was it like jewelry? It was bad art. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like bad technique. So, you know, just it, it just wasn't what I would have considered fine art. Okay. And I just have a hard time thinking that you can chalk every painting up to a fine art. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So this is a really interesting topic, and it's huge. And like most things in art, it's debatable. Mm-hmm. No one's ever really right. It's just a bunch Until of opinions. Today. Yes, because <laughs> from my Google search <laughs> and Wikipedia, I have to be right. Um, so there's a, always been a debate, and usually it's like, What's the difference between fine art and commercial art? Decorative art and fine art, craft art and fine art, visual art and fine art. Like there's always, yeah. people are always saying, well, what makes fine art fine art compared to all these other things? Well, and even for me, I'm just cutting you off now. Go for it. Um, I have a hard time because like when we were in my room and you were like, oh, you have that art on the walls. And I was like, it's not art though. It's just, it's hot, you know. It was just a Hobby Lobby decoration. There was 10 others like it. It's commercial. Mm-hmm. It's a print. Mm-hmm. But I don't need, like, I don't know. And you're definitely right. And there's right. a lot it's of people who art. would consider it. Yes. And you were just being nice to me. You knew it wasn't art. You were just I like. Did. Yeah. And we both knew you were just being a good <laughs> friend. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. That's decorative commercial art. Um, yeah. So... I was interested in just looking up the de- definition of fine art versus art on Google just to kind of get a sense of how to uh, talk about it. And so art, the definition is the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination, typically a visual form such as painting or sculpture, producing works in a aesthetic um, primarily for beauty or emotional power. So that's art. Now, fine art is creative art, especially visual art, whose products are to be appreciated primarily solely on their imaginative, aesthetic, or um, intelli- in, in, intellectual content. Um, and then like the, you know, they give two definitions and requiring great skill or accomplishment. And I think that was key. That is the key. Because then I was thinking after thinking about your question about the difference between a BA, so bachelor's of art and a Mm -hmm. bachelor's of fine art, because there's a difference in the art world. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking up the differences and a bachelor's of art usually um, has a lot more literature and history courses and a bachelor's of fine art is has more coursework on making art design aesthetics um, and different mediums that you can use through um, artwork okay so I think if, it, if we're looking for like a short answer, I think fine art usually comes with um, an acknowledgement that it's accomplished work versus art where um, 
there's a line that art can be considered that craft art where the medium is more important than the concept. Okay. So like a, a you can make jewelry yeah. and it's really the jewelry making is the motivation which makes it art. Yep. Um, versus fine art is it's not about how you make jewelry or how you ca- carve wood or, um, you know, throw to make mm-hmm. a bowl. It's more about what are you trying to say within your artwork. And somewhere in here it was saying, and I super am MR, a advocate of fine art being art for art's sake. Mm-hmm versus art or decorative art or commercial art is made to sell or be functional or serve a functioning purpose. Whereas fine art is just purely art. I needed to create this to express. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And I know how you love... um, Well, I was looking... find the hierarchy? I was looking for it, but I couldn't find it. And so I'm going to ask some of my peers to see i know it's out there but it must it is so against how most people in the art world think or want to acknowledge that there's a hierarchy of arts that it's not something that is easily accessible yeah but it's talked about by all different areas Mm -hmm. you know it's a well um people know about it like It's not something that's isn't well known. Yeah. All right. Interesting. But I found a um, comparison chart for you. Oh, great. For art and craft. Okay. And I think most of the time people don't compare art and fine art. They compare fine art and craft or fine art and commercial art or decorative art. Yeah. Because art is too hard. It's so broad that it's yeah. hard to um, define. It really, yeah, it really is. Um, so, and basically what we're saying is, uh, like, art is based on creative merit, whereas craft is based on learned skills or technique. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they say art serves as a aesthetic purpose versus craft that is decorative or a functional purpose. I disagree with just... Art being having an aesthetic purpose. Mm -hmm. But they also talked about um, where art comes from. And it says it comes from art, or I'm sorry, it comes from the heart and the soul versus craft comes from the mind, which I also disagree with. Yeah, I would disagree with that. So. Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing. Yeah. They said um, the results of art is innate talent and the result of craft is skill and experience, which I also disagree with. Strongly. <laughs> Strongly. I love when you use that tone with, with the world. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong, you comparison chart. I'm going to make my own. You should because you disagreed with half of the comparison did, chart that you brought to teach me with. Mm-hmm. Yes, this was a terrible tool. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what? I really want people to not take what they see on Google as 
law. Yeah. Like, yeah, this chart is great, but it's also wrong. Yeah. So paintings can be craft as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which I feel like that's something that gets lost Mm -hmm. to the average consumer. Yeah, because they think I'm going to paint with oil and it's going to be fine art. Exactly. Or it's not, it doesn't come down to the medium that you're using. It comes down to the, um, the, the purpose of why you are making it, the concept, and also your skill and expertise. Whereas, um, there is i'm blanking on it it's not underground art it's outsider art Mm -hmm. and outsider art is known for not having um an education in art um they are all self-taught yeah and so they kind of bring this new fresh idea that um isn't taught in schools yeah problem with outsider art is usually it's not um technically good as far as like the technique wise Mm because they haven't learned how to mix their paints and do all that so it's hard to find good outsider art but when you do it's very interesting that is that's very interesting who is gonna attend a show like the other art fair who's creating work and sometimes duplicate work just to sell does that lead mean they are moving away from the fine art spectrum and more into decorative commercialized art yeah and the line gets blurred right um because there there's always that argument where people are going to say artists make art and um they should be able to sell and make money off of their work right but people that we've talked to like a michael his motivation, so Michael, Michael Pierce has been on our podcast before. Mm-hmm. He's a professor at Pepperdine? Uh, Cal Lutheran. Cal Lutheran. And he, his work sells. Yeah. But his top motivation for making his artwork is the concept behind his series that he's working on. Well, and if you tell him his goal, if he is talking to you and about his goal for his collection it is to go into a museum and live on yes and to become part of the art history yeah he wants to make his art his mark on art history he doesn't i can guarantee if we brought him in and said hey if you could choose to be a successful artist or be an artist that makes a lot of money he would rather choose being a successful artist just making art for art's sake rather than making money off of it so you, if you were to tell, ask him, mm-hmm. all right, your collection is going to be in the Guggenheim. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, forever. Mm-hmm. It has a room in the Guggenheim to live on forever. You love the Guggenheim. <laughs> it's my favorite. Never been there. <laughs> or all the success and money of Jeff Koons. Mm-hmm. What's he picking? Well, Jeff Koons will be in the history books. He will be. That's what I'm saying. So uh, I feel like you have to have a different person that you're... Comp- so Why? You can, you can say... Because it's too hard to answer? No, because it's different. So 
you have a Thomas Kincaid okay. who has made tons and tons of money off of his art and yeah. will never, ever get the respect of the art world. Never, ever. Okay. That's fair. Um, because his work is seen as so commercialized and made to sell, manufactured art yeah. to sell. Because is, is he even painting anymore? Uh, this is a really sad story. So he actually committed suicide. What? Mm -hmm. So Thomas Kincaid was never accepted in the art world. He's kind of a a laughing stock, but just not, he didn't get the um, recognition that he was after. Uh And then his company grew so big and um, people ended up like writing him out of his own rights to his work. Um, and Dang. then his wife left him, and then he committed suicide. So it's a really That's sad. That's awful. I had mm-hmm. no idea. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, would Michael, or I guess any artist listening, you can make this kind of, yeah. would you rather, is that the game? Yeah, would you rather. Would you rather be Thomas Kincaid? Thomas before, Kincaid before the sadness. Before the sadness, when he was rolling in the money, or um, have your work live on in a museum. I'm trying to think of an artist who that would be. Well, any any artist that died and then became famous after yeah. their artwork would live on. So. A Van Gogh. Yeah, but who who's to say that if Van Gogh was alive now, he wouldn't have the fame and notoriety? I feel like Van Gogh is a very interesting character because <laughs> I would agree with you that most artists back then uh, would not be uh, someone who would be a fine arts popular artist now. Yeah. But Van Gogh was such a weird character that I feel like if you plopped him into New York now, he would be able to um like transform what's it called? Uh transform the art world? He no, he would be able to um develop himself to where he needed to be uh a a famous person in the art world now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wow. What a topic. Did we finish? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, then I think that answers my question. Okay. I hope so. Yeah. I know that a lot of people will disagree, especially artists who are not making fine art, and they think that they are. Oh yeah, we but might have don't just lost know. some. We might have lost some followers. But I think that uh, it's also important to say that every artist or most artists start off making some kind of form of just art or just crafts, mm-hmm. and then they have to figure out through schooling, through peer review, through critiques, through working with galleries, how to push their artwork into fine craft. You usually don't just jump in. Mm-hmm. to there because it like we said earlier it's based on artistic merit you just don't develop that overnight yeah and would you say that um a fine artist at a gallery space um if 
typically they're happy to just be in the show, not upset if they don't sell a piece. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you and have and that's the fine a, art a certain level of artist, too. If you have a solo show yeah. and you don't sell any of your work, you are upset because you also acknowledge that you want the gallery who's put in time and energy mm-hmm. into your work. You would like them to make money off yeah. of your work because that is smart business. And you, there's something about people buying your work um, that gives you this boost of confidence that people actually like your work. If no one's buying your artwork, you're like, you kind of question if it's something that is even resonating with people Mm -hmm. and not that you think, Oh, this is a good piece I'm making to hang over someone's couch. Yeah. Like the motivation is purely on should, should be for buying art. The motivation should be about the concept first and how it will sell second. And okay. I think most people, or a lot of artists who are just making art and not fine art, it's swapped. It's about how well is this going to sell? Let me make more of it like this kind. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Mm-hmm. I had another thought. I can't. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a random off off the topic a little bit. Um, at a gallery, mm-hmm. if you were to sell prints... Would those get split as well with the gallery? Usually, but it's usually at a different uh, commission rate. Okay. Sometimes not, but um, I would say most of the time it's at a lower commission rate. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, sweet. That um, was a very random thought. <laughs> it was. It you know, popped into my, my head and I mm-hmm. had to ask. Um, any closing statements before, before we dive into topic number two? Uh, yes, I do. Great. Uh, I do want to acknowledge that I do believe that artists should be paid for their work. Uh-huh. Because just because I do performance pieces that can't really be sold. Yeah. Doesn't mean that artists should be giving away their work or should just be like, well, I do this for my own passion, so I'm going to give you, give my art away. You should definitely have a value on your art. So that you aren't, um, I I think a lot of times putting money or um, money value on the work that you do Mm -hmm. is really important to set that, set its value to other people. So just because it shouldn't be your sole purpose of making art is to sell, you should still make sure that you have um, the respect for yourself to know that you deserve to make money as an artist. Okay. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I think artists are really cool people. <laughs> I'm so because glad you feel that way. I like how every time I make any sort of statement, you just look at me and like laugh like, oh, Lisa. You're on an art podcast. You better think that we're but here's, cool people. Here's what I'm getting at because you didn't let me finish before oh, you started sorry. laughing. Okay. Um. Because as you're talking about this and as we're talking about like art versus fine art and motivation, everything in art is all about like your concept and your motivation and people's drive behind the actions. And I think that's just such an interesting way to look at the world Mm -hmm. because it's all about, I don't know, the why behind instead of just taking things at face value. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Not many people think like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I think more people think like that than you would think. Like, you, as an events person, you can't just, like, wing an event without a plan beforehand. Right? No. So you have to have the, like, the forethought and the process and the plan before you execute a successful event. Yes, but that's not really what I'm saying. I'm saying, like... I'm not explaining this well. You could try some more. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is such bad content. <laughs> I'm saying that I, I think almost if someone were to, let's say, maybe wrong you, mm-hmm. it would almost be hurt more because you would think about all the motivation behind it on a deeper level than I think there's some people who would just be like, that wasn't cool and not even try and question maybe they did this this or this you know mm-hmm. and maybe not but it sounds like everything we ever talk about is what's the concept what's the deeper meaning where did the thought come from mm-hmm. you know what was the motivation mm-hmm. behind the end result and a lot of people just take the end result yeah in situations does that make sense yeah it de- it definitely does and i think that's why people have a really hard time getting into art in the Mm -hmm. first place because you can't just go and look at a piece on the wall and take it for face value. I mean, you could, but you also have to ask the questions of why the artist is painting this. Why did they choose this medium? Why the size? To really understand the art fully, Mm -hmm. you have to think. Yeah. And I feel like because of that training and mindset, you do that in other situations of your life, mm-hmm. like in everything you do. So and that's really thinkers. cool. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just, I'm just saying that you guys are, um, I don't know. I No, I think you're... It's a compliment. It's true. It was a compliment. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on. I'm flipping this table. <laughs> Last time you get a compliment from me. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. You're great. Um, so I was on the gram last night. Mm-hmm. And I stumbled upon um, an artist who was talking about how she was struggling. And um, kind of just needed to take a break from her art. Because um, she was hitting roadblocks. And um, just kind of. I don't know if she was just having like artist block or just running out of time, but needed a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was curious, like, has this ever happened to you? Um, what do you do to get past it? Do you try to test out other mediums and make it fun again? Because um, I feel like there's a line where maybe it does start to feel less like an expression and more like I need to do this and work. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I feel like a Michael has never taken a day off from art in his life <laughs> yeah i would agree with him. but michael's has so many thoughts i'm sure running he has through his so, mind so many thoughts and he's creative on multiple levels whereas yeah. i'm not a writer i feel like he'd be like super sick with like a hundred degree fever and he's like i must art get me a sketch pad i will do this from bed <laughs> this is michael pierce for anyone who wants to look him up yeah he's we great interviewed him he's awesome <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's definitely happened to me. And I think a lot of times it's either happened when I'm changing 
a series or I'm done with a series and I need to think of a kind of a next step or new series <laughs> and or if you've had a, a really bad critique and you're kind of unsure which way to go or you had so many different critiques that you're kind of lost I have had this happen to me and I think most artists have do I suggest taking a break no Okay. I don't think artists should ever take a break from their work. Yeah. I think if you are have a roadblock or whatever, you literally have to go into your studio and sit on a chair and just be in your studio. So if I'm like trying to hit you up and you're just not to be, not found, mm-hmm. I just go to your studio and you'll be sitting <laughs> on the ground just staring at like a white Probably canvas. Crying, crying. Tears of sadness because I can't make art. But I was talking um, about this with one of my brothers, who's a writer, Mm -hmm. and we were both saying that even when you have a block, it's important to not break your routine. Yeah. So even if, you know, every night I get home from work, I make dinner, and I go into my studio and work until 10. Mm -hmm. If I broke that habit, I would be breaking this kind of uh, creative energy that I'm putting into my artwork. And even if I feel unmotivated or feel like I don't have a direction, it's important to make time for that creative um, thought process. And I'm not saying that don't take on um, new experiences that could uh, bring a new perspective into your art. Like, if you say, I have a roadblock, but I'm going to go to a gallery opening to try and get some motivation, that's great. But just giving up on that creative time that you've um, built into your routine, I think it can be detrimental to your creative process. You have to work through the roadblocks to get to the creative side. If you don't and you give up on that, you give yourself a year well, who are we talking about that went to Hawaii and said he felt like he had a a year away from um working it was one of our people that we interviewed was it Ryan no it was uh I don't remember shoot but he he Moved to Hawaii with his wife. Oh, no. And said that he literally lost a year. He was still working, but he wasn't working to the level that he was working in grad school. And so when they moved back... It was Chris. It was Chris Truman. Yes. Yeah. Um, And I thought that was really interesting that I'm sure Hawaii was great for him, but he also lost that year and Mm -hmm. said that it was really important to not lose a whole year like that could be a huge setback that totally makes sense um when you feel stalled out with like let's say oil Mm -hmm. have you ever just been like all right i'm gonna try a collage today just to like play around and like still keep the creative juices flowing but almost refresh your palate yeah and i think that would be probably the best way to not break your creative routine Mm -hmm. but give you a new way of looking 
at your work or what you're trying to do. Yeah, because like I'm not an artist, but I would imagine um, you and I have talked about creating pieces and how every artist gets to the point where they're like, I'm terrible. I'm <laughs> done with this art piece. And if your specialty is like, let's say oil mm-hmm. and you never mess with, I don't know, abstract art. Like, let's say you're, you know, hyper realism um, and you never play with abstract. You can go into that without an expectation on yourself, mm-hmm. I feel like, and just have fun again. Yeah. And um, really, because um, that is working out your creative muscle Yeah, in different ways. Like, you don't, when you go to the gym, you don't just do lunges to work out your leg muscle. I mean, <laughs> you always want to have a good booty. Yes. <laughs> Um, so that would, trying out different mediums is still working out that creative muscle, but in a different way. Yeah. That can help build that muscle up a little bit. Build them creative (laughs) muscles up. Uh, especially if you've had a bad critique. Uh, I, we've, I think we've talked about this where I had my first critique in grad school and Mm -hmm. my thesis teacher was like, oh yeah, you can't paint. Oh, yeah. And I know I could paint, but I was like, well, maybe I'll try something else because ultimately I need a good grade in your class. Yeah. So and that's how I got into performance art is because I was trying a different way into my like creative process. Have you ever like reached back out to her? She was my thesis professor. Oh, it was her. I forgot. Linda Francis. Linda. And then she told you, I never said that. Yeah. She also said that too. What about your, um, in middle school, the art teacher who said you would never be an artist? Mm-hmm. Do you ever like, just like, do you ever just like want to send her your. It was a him. Have you ever wanted to send him your artist like website and be like, guess you were wrong? If he was. Hashtag still... Art Basil. Yeah. You know? If he was still an art teacher, I totally would do that, but yeah. he was fired. So I feel like I got my win already. You did already. <laughs> I mean, I would totally, I would be like, yeah. He obviously was fired because he was a terrible art teacher. Terrible. Who says that? You don't say that. What a guy. Gotta be supportive of your people. What was his name? I don't remember. My mom would know because she was all fired up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd be. Yeah. All right. Well. On the note of revenge, is this, <laughs> is this concluding? Uh, so those some, were my topics. Uh, what do we say? Laundry list. Yeah. Unless do you have any topics for me? I don't know. Can we talk about who's unprepared today? Oh wait, I'm just kidding. <laughs> let's talk about um, the show we went to. So we went to the LA Art oh. Association Eight Two Five gallery show the los angeles art association Mm -hmm. gallery eight two five and uh they didn't have a group show but what they do is they have four different rooms and each room had their own solo show Mm -hmm. and one of them was our boy ryan my boy such a good show he's amazing um i love the way that he is able to mix in different mediums within his work so he had his collage pieces and then he had an installation on the wall and then a, a couple video pieces yeah. that showcased his work in a different way all of the pieces connected to his overall concept 
So I thought his work was really strong. Um, there was another woman who has an Instagram that is artists who look like artwork uh, or people art- who look like art. people who look like artwork. And what she does is she, I think she's a photographer, but is married to a painter and they spend a lot of time at art fairs and art museums. And she goes and randomly sees people who look like a piece of art at the fair and takes a photo of them and puts them up on Instagram I thought um, her work was really interesting mm-hmm. um, f- and fun. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if I would consider it fine art. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's a fun art concept. What would make it more fine art is to push it, the concept further for yeah. me. Um, and then I. Don't remember who was in the first room. Sadly, I'm sorry to that artist. But then Saul Hill. Saul Hill, yeah. Was in the big room and he had some very interesting large pieces. Uh, did he call them mixed media? He did. On yep. his paperwork. Mm-hmm. And basically, he is a photographer and his show was about people looking at art, but he would take a photo of it of the person standing there, uh, make it pixelized. Yeah. He pixelated it to show like the matter of life. mm -hmm. And then he would print those images out on a Japanese paper, Mm -hmm. but then before putting them onto a probably canvas board, mounting it, he would go over the canvas with different colors of paint and then put it on so that it, uh, affected the overall image in different layers yes so we were standing in the gallery trying to figure out what exactly they were were they prints were they painting we weren't sure and that was kind of an interesting super interesting process to his work Mm -hmm. yeah he was really nice too got to chat with him for a bit um and i just have to wrap back to ryan okay i'm obsessed with him Mm -hmm. i love him um, but his installation, um, I think Kai Pili, the Prince of Flowers, the big one on the wall that we hadn't seen before, mm-hmm. was incredible. And I loved his use of um, greenery mm-hmm. and like the plants in it and the flowers. Um, and the flowers did have um, almost these little vases in the piece. But he said that throughout the show, um, some of the flowers would, would die and then the petals are going to fall on the floor and he's going to leave them to finish off the installation. And I just loved the entire concept. And it was, uh, it made, all these different elements made up a reclining man, right? It was his image. Oh, it was his image. I believe, okay. yeah. Yeah, I so thought it was good. great. It was huge. It was larger than life. It was. As you walk into the room, it catches your eye Yeah, you right were like away. immersed in it and all the different aspects that were used to create it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Ryan is such an interesting artist because he has that ability to work through all different mediums. So you don't many walk into mediums. the room and just see his um, collages on the wall. You can get more information about what his concept is through all the different mm-hmm. mediums. So maybe collage doesn't resonate with you, but maybe that installation does. Yeah. Yeah. It, I love it. Mm-hmm. So good. And you really liked the pink 
Saul Hill piece. I loved the pink Saul which Hill Which was piece. huge. It was huge. I really like big art. Mm-hmm. Is that the proper term? Sure. Large scale artworks. Okay. But big art's fine. <laughs> I've heard big art used so many times. Mm-hmm. Or like, I think even you said, you paint big. <laughs> and I'm always like, this doesn't sound proper, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, there's probably a better way to say that. Yeah. Uh, with Saul Hill, something that we had talked about before, Lisa and I, was mistakes to make at openings. And we waited and hovered around Saul for 10 minutes, maybe? 10 to 20 minutes, yeah. For a long time, because we wanted to talk to him to ask him about his um, process. process. And we waited, we waited, we were like, okay, this is awkward, do we yeah. leave? And I think that was a mistake, that is a mistake that artists make, is talking too long to one person. And I do think he was a little bit trapped. Probably. Um, based off of the ending interaction. Mm-hmm. But I think we would have been a perfect out for him. Mm-hmm. Because um, we were hovering hardcore. Yeah. And who knows who that, the man who yeah. he was talking to, if it's like a famous art critic, then yeah, yeah don't right. talk to us. Don't talk to us. Um, but I do think it's super important if a artist is having a solo show come up, either come up with, uh, sentences that would be perfect outs mm-hmm. for you or designate a family member to say, hey, if I'm talking to this person too long, yeah, come and get me yeah. so that I can mingle some more. Yeah. It's got to be so hard for so many artists, though, because like a lot of artists are most comfortable alone in their studio working. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden they're thrown into you have to go interact with 80 people tonight, mm-hmm. you know? And you never, at your own solo show, you don't want to ever be without someone to talk to. Yeah. Which I think is where I get hung up on because I don't want to keep saying goodbye to people and then just be there standing alone Alone. in my solo show. You always want to have someone that you look like you're talking to, but you don't always know if there's someone else that wants to talk to you. Exactly. So It's a hard balance. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. But we'll, we should uh, put some of their work yeah, on we'll, our Instagram. Yeah, we'll share. I got some images, um, so we'll share those works. And don't forget to oh. leave us a review. Please, we have forgotten to ask for a few now. <laughs> and um, y'all, we need those reviews. And we love you so much when you leave them. Yeah, help us. Also, remember, you can always find us on Instagram uh, at artworldpodcast. Yes, and this weekend we will be down in um, Beverly Hills area, I believe, Mm -hmm. for Disruptive Canvas, Um, and then we're going to a blue chip gallery as well. Which one is that? I totally don't have my calendar in front of me. Awesome. We'll share that one on Instagram, (laughs) Um, but you know, guys, you should really come and say hi to us. Disruptive Canvas will be great. It's with Johanna, Johanna. who we've had uh, on the show. And I think it's our first big art opening I believe it is. in L.A. Yep. So it should be really exciting. It's going to be a fun night. Um, so, yeah. Hope to see you guys there. And, All right. Um, we love you guys. We love you. We love Bye. you. Bye. Bye.